0: Brody and the Beard is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Kelly, did you know rocket ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Oh, I did not. Ser- no, I mean, seriously, fans, like, fans could have gotten into last night's game at amazing deals. Okay, Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest and easiest way to get into games. And guess what? It's not just games, it's music tickets, it's theater tickets. Kelly, when was the last time you went to the theater? Ooh, it's been a while, but I did go to a concert last month. There you go. If you used Game Time, you probably could have gotten cheaper and better tickets. Brush up on your theater action here, Kelly. Get a little more culture, man. Use Game Time. Go see a good play. Enjoy it. Maybe Daryl Morey's Moneyball play is out, and you can go check that out. Anyways, it's as simple as two taps, people. That's all it takes to get into the games. Okay, so head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last minute tickets. Speaking of looking fresh, is that velvet you have? <laughs> Piggy velvet. Bo This guy's amazing. The beard! That move is illegal in most every state except in Texas. Woo! The rim is crying. If you're
1: Russell Westbrook, why not?
0: Yo, Clutch City. You're listening to a new episode of Brody and the Beard on the Athletic Podcast Network. We got Kelly Eco, the man on the ground, beat writer for the Athletic. You got me, Mo Dakeel. I'm a bit of an analyst. I watch a ton of basketball. I was video coordinator in the NBA. And we got our producer, Sasha Shaw, on the ones and twos, making us sound great. So we're going to dive right into it. Kelly, big win last night against the Clippers. Yeah, I think
1: on a number of reasons, you know, going into the game, obviously, you know, the Rockets' biggest rivals were the Warriors like we all know for two years. And even though they're dead and gone, you know, the Clippers are the, the newest kid on the block. So we know that this team of veterans, you know, this is the kind of game they're going to get up for. Like I told you, this is the game that it doesn't matter how they're playing. It doesn't matter what's going on with the team. Whenever a team as good as the Clippers or the Lakers or or the Jazz come to town, you know, they're going to get up for that game. And we saw that kind of atmosphere. was emotional. You know, there's so many subplots. We saw Doc Rivers and his son, Austin Rivers, you know, Capella and Montrezl Harrell. We saw Tucker and Kawhi. But overall, I think it was a, a really interesting game. You know, if these two teams see each other in the playoffs, obviously the Clippers won't look like this because they don't have Paul George yet. But we saw some wrinkles you know, when, in games like this, whenever coaches match up with, I remember the Kerr and, and D'Antoni matchups of, of the past. Every time there was a game, there would be a new wrinkle, you know, something that a coach would try, something that a team was looking at. And coming into the game, I wanted to see how Kawhi's playmaking, you know, would affect the Rockets, you know, when they trapped him in picker all situations, similar to how they trapped James Harden. I was also looking at how the Rockets would hit shots, Without Daniel House, without Eric Gordon, because we know well, that
0: the they hit shots because Harden hit a ton of shots. Harden got well, going. I mean I mean the other guys. Impressive.
1: I mean the other guys. Because you know that the Clippers are gonna trap Harden out of the pick and roll. But you know, the supporting cast, Ben McLemore, Austin Rivers, Russell Westbrook, those guys didn't shoot well at all. But the, their defense was enough to get them through the game.
0: The the defense is really what I want to talk about because this was the best defensive game I've seen the Rockets play Whoa. all
1: season.
0: Whoa. And, uh, I, listen, look it's it's as simple Hello? as this: they held the Rockets. Not listen. Everybody wants to say whatever they want to say about me. I'm just telling you what I see, and it's plain and simple. This was their and a very impressive performance. Held the held the Clippers to 15 first quarter points. Held them to 22 second quarter points. Like you know, that was a very impressive whole whole system. Their their offense, the Rockets' offense, kind of fell apart a little bit in the second quarter, but overall they were great defensively. And things like this, like this, is a good matchup for Harden because Harden's so strong, he's actually able to stay with Kawhi. Like this is an area where Harden does a good job defensively it's not a shifty guard. It's not, Kawhi's not a guard that's going to, you know, shake you and move you like one way or another. Really, he uses his power and with Harden strength, he's able to, to absorb a lot of those hits. This is also what kind of makes Harden a good post defender, but makes him a liability against other guards. And, you know, him on, him on Kawhi, there were a lot of possessions where even if Kawhi made the shot, I was like, yo, that's good defense. Like he's there. He's a contest. It's a tough shot for Kawhi. Like that was impressive all around. So, you know, Harden did a great job on him. Tuck did a great job on him. Um, I thought McLemore was pretty good last night. You know, he didn't shoot the ball well from three, but was still pretty good. They're going to need those guys to make up for Eric Gordon. And, you know, before he went out with the injury, I thought Capella was good. 12 and 20 was pretty impressive. Um, and he ended up missing, I think, like the last five or six minutes of the fourth quarter, uh, leaving with uh concussion. We're going to get to that in a second. But overall, this was a pretty impressive win for them this is one they should be proud of Rockets fans should be excited about you know overall I just thought this was a good one it wasn't the Clippers best game like and you could see it from the very beginning it looked like they were sleepwalking through things but part of that had to do with the Rockets defense
1: and you know you know speaking of of Capella one thing I was trying to pay attention to was how is this guy gonna adjust he has the ball in his hands late in the shot clock and he can't there isn't. There's no guard around him to bail him out, and we saw him bring out the mini hook three or four times on Zubac and, and Montrezl Harrell. And like you said, this is the third straight game where he's getting 20 rebounds, which is really impressive. It's unfortunate that he left the game with the, with the head injury. It looks like he's gonna miss Friday's game just um, because of concussion protocol. But like I said, they need. This is the second most important player of the team. So. They need this guy to be healthy, number one, but they need him to be active. Uh, he, he showed, maybe because he's playing against Montrez and, and the whole thing about Montrez and Capella was, did the Rockets make the right move, blah, 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 you know, getting rid of Montrez so early in his career for and keeping Capella, but I think Clint got the better of that matchup. Another thing, before, before I get back to you, the defense. W- what's been impressive to me in this, like, five-game winning streak is the fact that there are times when the offense does get, you know, sloppy. It does get bogged down, you know, dribble, 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 and then, you know, a shot. But they're able to get stops. Kawhi, they're making him work for his shots. You know, we see Tuck fighting relentlessly through screens. <laughs> you know, it was, it was the kind of game where you knew it was going to be a lot of foul trouble because just emotions are running really high. And whether it's Harden or whether it's Tuck, all the rest of the guys, they're trying to stick it to Kawhi and Beverly and Lou Williams that, look, we might be veterans, but we can get up for this kind of games, too.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it was it was a good game. I mean, they were all in. They were ready to roll. It definitely got chippy. Doc was upset with his team in the first quarter going like, if you guys aren't going to execute, then let's just go effing home. You know, like there was a whole bunch of stuff like that that was going on in the first quarter. Then it got out of control a little bit with, and it tends to happen when shocking Beverly's playing a game, uh, him and Harden kind of (laughs) got into it. Russ made some comments after the game about how Beverly had us all tricked and he doesn't really defend Russ, Uh, excuse me, Beverly didn't really want to go into that when Tim McMahon brought those quotes up to him. But you know, the, the one thing that does kind of show, and this is where I disagree with Russ a little bit is when Beverly was on Harden, he really only made one bucket out of I think it was seven or eight shots, and I think that bucket was in transition. We kind of talked about it a little bit on the daily ding that you have hopefully listened to this morning, but that was kind of what happened for them, and that's sort of that that happened. Then Doc goes nuts at the end of the game and technical, and you have Austin Rivers sitting there going, "Tee him up, tee him up, T- tee him up, get him out, him tee him up his up, own dad." I'll, I'll call you. That was that was, funny. that was funny. That was hilarious. So that was a lot of fun. Um, so the big win for the Rockets, it's awesome, you know, and they got to build on it. They're great defense. It shows they can do it. They, it's something that they just got to continue to build on and and, and keep working. It's going to be interesting now. First game without Gordon going forward, you kind of gave us the Capella update. So, you know, let's get to questions. But before we do, have you ever wondered how to get the hottest new sneakers, the ones that barely hit shelves? The answer is StockX, a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. Kelly, I know you know all about this. Your nickname's not the Swag Champ if you're not up on StockX.
1: Now, everybody knows I love my Pumas. And I remember I went to about five or six shoe stores, and I couldn't find them anywhere, this particular Puma shoe. And a friend said, hey, try StockX app. And I was like, what is that? So I, I downloaded it. And lo and behold, this app is your one-stop shop for whatever you need, streetwear, swag, fashion, whatever you call it. If you want to be a swag champ like me, and I know you do, get you this
0: app. Uh, And here's the thing, right? The the beauty of StockX is... There's no hassle. StockX handles the exchange of every transaction. You have nothing to worry about. Are you buying from a legit buyer or seller? StockX got you covered right there. So you don't have to worry about anybody trying to scam you or cheat you. And Kelly better watch out, man. If I decide I want to come for that swag champ title, I'm using stock. Don't stop it. If I want to, it's mine, Kelly. You ain't got me. You can't see me with that. And StockX is going to help me get there, Kelly. I'm telling you that right now. So if you want to get in on all the hype, Check out StockX.com slash bball for a surprise offer that won't be around long. Jump on it while you can, folks. That's StockX.com slash bball. Check it out today. And if you can't spell bball, go ask a friend. All right, let's start with questions. This is This is our first mailbag. We've gotten some good questions here. Sasha's going to run the show here giving us some questions. Sasha, what's the first one you got?
2: Hi everyone. Thanks for your questions. We got a lot of questions, very exciting. So, the first one is who would be better to trade, Gordon, Capella, or House? And that's from Andrew Wessels at This Common Place.
0: Who can the Rockets afford to give up? And what do you think is going to bring back the most return? So, who between those three? What do, what are you looking at? Gordon? I think Gordon.
1: I think moving Well, actually no. Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's a toss-up between Gordon and Capella. I think now Capella's play has – his recent play in this, in this five-game winning streak has improved his standing with the team. So I think if you lose him, you'd have to get back someone of a similar skill set. But I think Gordon's contract is easier to move and could fetch you more to what the Rockets need. Like, say, say they traded him to, like, Memphis – they could they could swing something with Igudala and or Jay Crowder. Just there are more ways to get a better lump sum back by moving Gordon than you would a house or a Capella because you moving Capella is removing a fundamental part of this team, whereas Gordon is a is a fantastic player, but he's also a luxury. Like a lot of teams would 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 kill for a you know six man of the year candidate. Who can shoot the ball? Who can who can score? Who can defend? And who can play make a little bit? So I think you you would get more in the open market for Gordon, even though his this season he hasn't played well. I think you in a vacuum you would get more for um,
0: for Gordon. So I think first off we both agree House probably isn't going to fetch you much. I think his his contract's pretty low. It's not going to bring you a ton of value and and teams still aren't quite sure what he is. When you're going to trade for a guy, you want to know what you're getting back and I'm, and I don't think anybody's fully sold yet on House being that guy yet. Um you know, although I think Kelly is. It's a good question I'm, from Andrew. I'm buying
1: my house stock.
0: Yeah, I know you buying all the house stock, uh, and and you better hope there ain't no housing crisis market. But you really trying to you trying to test me today? Okay, Kelly, it's okay. I mean, first off, that couldn't have been you're laughing at your own joke, which is something else. Um, and it was a bad one. Just going wah wah wah. You didn't even do a good one. That's a good one. What I did, you got it. You got to work on this, Kelly. You you you, you work on the oh humor a little God. bit. We're back to the question though. See, I think Gordon is easier to move because I don't know if they can replace Capella. You know, I think they have guys on their roster, maybe House, maybe McLemore. I think they have guys like Austin Rivers that can kind of together as a whole sort of give you what Gordon's can give you. So I think Gordon fetches you the most. I think that's the guy you'd look to move. Problem is now with that any injury, I don't know how what the appetite is for teams to want to take him on. So they might be stuck in a situation where. Capella might be the only one that brings something back of value, but I'm not quite sure yet. Sasha, next question.
2: Should the ball be more in Russell Westbrook's hand versus Harden? Shouldn't Russ create more solid opportunities for James? And that's from Jacoby at only one, Jacoby.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's an interesting one. I think it's a really interesting question. I think you don't want to take the ball out of Harden's hands. It's hard when him and Russ are on the court if teams begin to sag off Russ. Who again still is, I think, shooting even a career low from three at this point. It's it's tough in that situation. But Harden's just so damn good. I mean, you saw it last night dropping 47, you know, 17 in the fourth quarter alone. It's it's difficult to take it out of his hands. The one thing I'd like to see them do though, when it is in Russ's hands, I'd like to see them run a few more actions, run more of their 21 action, run more of their delay stuff, run some sets and get Harden moving instead of just having Harden stand stand around. I think that's something I'd like to see more. But at the end of the day, I think it's just too hard to take the ball out of uh, Harden's hands. And if defenses aren't sagging, which they're not doing right now, I I don't see a reason to do it. What do you think, Kel?
1: Uh, I think the same thing. I I think the way Harden is playing right now and has played for forever, I think you're doing the team a disservice taking the ball out of his hands. I think with Russ coming to this team, he's one that has to adapt his game. And And he said it before the season started, he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands. There are other ways to impact the game by just scoring. And we've seen a bit of that early on. And the time when he does have the ball, he is finding guys, open looks. He is, you know, getting his own chance. So I think as the games, as the games go on, he'll get more and more comfortable. But no, I don't think you want to take the ball out of Harden's hands more, unless it's a situation where there's a obvious fatigue with Harden or you want to load manage you know whatever I think that's the only situation where you want to take the ball out of his hands in the grand scheme of
0: things no and and the way I would almost look at it in like in transition I want Russ to have the ball in the half court I want Harden to have the ball just kind of to, to lay that out simply Sasha next question Alrighty. good questions, next question yeah,
2: some good, we, really we got, good we got questions. really
0: good questions we got really good really questions good. from your fans thank you very much um we'll try to get to as many as we can keep them coming over you know we'll throw them out again we'll throw the bat signal up again and, and please keep asking questions Does someone has
1: Mo is get an iphone someone asking that
0: <laughs> no, no 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 i think i saw that one no no yeah. kelly listen you know the rule kelly if you want to pay the added expense for me to upgrade to an iphone i'm more than happy to do it otherwise shout out
2: can we expense Next. it because it's affecting my work
0: It is not. Stop it. Next question. (laughs) You didn't have any to begin with, Kelly. Stop it. sick. You didn't have any to begin with. Oh, man. Oh, man. Turtleneck too tight. (laughs) Next question, Sasha. Okay, okay. If
2: this Russ Harden experiment doesn't work, what is Houston going to do? They blow it up? Give it another year? What happens to Russ? And this is from Sarah.
0: This is uh, Sarah the Pharmacist, if anybody listens to Counts yes. So uh, she's uh, a diehard Russ fan. So that means right now she's keeping her eyes on the Rockets. Kelly, what do you think?
1: I think um, it's similar to the Chris Paul thing. I think they give it two years. Because think about it like this. If they don't win this year and they don't win next year, not only do you have to start looking at Russ, you have to wonder what James is thinking. You know, if if they the warriors were this big bad monster and they the warriors are gone and they still can't get over the hump, then James Harden has to wonder if this place is right for him because at that point he's going to be 31. He's still going to be you know kind of in his prime, but he he can see that he can see the downside of his career from then. So, what do you do? It's it's it becomes a really sticky situation if you don't win within the next two years because there's there's a higher sense of urgency, not to get it done. So I think if some if it, if if it fails, then you're gonna have real problems.
0: I think a lot of it depends on how it looks. You know, like how bad is it? Is it a situation where you're like, oh my god, this is a disaster? You you blow it up and. You know, at that point, it does become a situation of really who's going to have the most value, you know, or at that point, we've we've talked about it before. If this doesn't work, it's not going to look good for Harden, fair or not fair. That's never really uh, comes into point, but it's not going to look good for Harden that Dwight Howard was there and he left. Chris Paul came in and he left. Russ Westbrook comes in and now they're still having problems like it doesn't look good. And you'll hear people start to say, oh, wow, the common denominator through all that is Harden fair not fair however you want to look at that that's something that happens so then you have to wonder what's these what's these guys values cuz then I'm not sure how much value Russ has I'm not sure how much Harden will have you know at that point and and things will get interesting it really just depends on how it looks if if it's a thing where it's just hey we just fell short we just need a couple of pieces and we're going to be right back in there then I think they give it another year you know if they don't I think we'll start to hear whispers if it looks like yo this was a disaster. Like this didn't work out at all the way we hoped. Then I think he'll start to look at things of going like, okay, we might have a an actual issue here that we have to figure out. So that's that's where I think uh, happens. And and, and you know, to be honest, right now it looks good so far. It's looks uh, good how offensively.
1: Many, how many years can you say? How many like to your point about the the pieces. How many years can you say that, like, realistically after? Because you can't keep saying that every year. We need
0: this piece. We need this. You know, you know what I mean? At some point, it's like. No, but you know, know what, though, Kelly? You, legit, yeah. I don't know. But Kelly, like, I was, I was with the Clips. But, but before Doc got there, it felt like we were just a piece away. And then when Doc got there and we got JJ, we brought in guys. You know, it just felt like some guys we brought in didn't quite perform. But if we had just found, like, a shooting big, I think, would have made a big difference for us. In, in that year with doc and and we had brought in and everybody's gonna laugh. I'm not sure if people are gonna remember, uh Byron Mullins. Uh and and Doc was very excited. He was going to be our shooting big and he just didn't deliver. Um might have been crazy for Doc to think he would have delivered, but that's a whole different story. But like you you do feel sometimes like you're just one piece away and it's just finding that guy. And the guy you think you signed in July turns out not to be that guy in December, hurts you. So I mean I think as long as Harden's going the way he's going and Russ is still going the way he's going and these guys are healthy I think you know just it's just a matter of finding the right pieces so that can go on for years it's not I know it's a tired narrative for you I know you're looking for more fresh things Kelly but sometimes that's just what the way it is and it's if we could we could just find that guy and a lot of teams just fell short because they're not able to find that guy because that thing that's the hardest thing to do once you have the stars in place hardest is finding the guys around the edges when you don't have cap space when you're trying to figure it out you know how can we squeeze this guy in can he take a little less or do we make this move and get that guy I think that's really where it kind of comes down to so if these two guys are going and it's going well Kelly as long as they're healthy and they're they're at the this pace it can go on for years all right. Good talk there, Kelly. Way to, way to, way to come back. I don't know if you went uh, <laughs> <you're in laughs> uh, silent there or we, not. I
1: throw for Sasha. No,
0: no. I, I throw something. it to Sasha. This is great podcasting. You're being very attentive. Uh, Sasha, you got another question for us?
2: I do. I have some more questions. Okay. What's your take on uh, Mike D'Antoni constantly running the smallest lineups in the NBA? How would that <laughs> fare against the Los Angeles Lakers in a Western Conference Final or even Philly in the finals.
0: Take it away, swag. Well,
2: and that's right. Uh, and that is from at Android Huas.
0: Android, Kelly, you hear that? Android. That means my oh, man's on a- No, no. This wasn't supposed to rather, confirm I mean, your worldview. You your can world ask a, question. <laughs> I mean, can ask a question whenever you want, man. Don't let them ignore you. If they ignore you. Just send me the question. You, you, I got you, bro. You, my guy now. Android. I got you, homie. Android house. Let's go. Kelly, answer uh, the question. All right. Well, early returns from this year do
1: not look good for their small ball lineup. I think that ultimately obliterated if they tried to play that against the Lakers or the Sixers or any team with competent bigs. I think you have to keep Capella on the floor. This idea that you know going five out is an advantage it's not an advantage anymore like not to the extent that it was maybe a couple seasons back because you have to going back to your thing about personnel you have to have the right it has to be the right small ball you can't just call four guys six you know six five and under small it's not how it's not how it works. You have to, if you have a Draymond Green, if you have a you know those guys are six eight, six seven lethal shooters, lethal playmakers and distributors and defenders then that's small ball. Small ball, I think that term gets thrown around too loosely. I don't think the Rockets' small ball, quote-unquote, is effective. Well, the numbers don't say it. The eye test service does I just think Embiid will destroy it. Anthony Davis will destroy it. You know, LeBron James. I don't think it's sustainable. But that's, that's just me right now.
0: You know, I think we've kind of gotten away from the branding of small ball is getting shorter, but I really look at it now as it's long ball. It's length. You want to have guys that are long that can, you know, basically long lanky players, guys that we used to way back, start calling them tweeners and not knowing what position they were now become more valuable because they can go across the board and, and defend multiple positions. And that's kind of like what makes Draymond so good, you know, is not only, you know, he, he, he's not very tall, but he's very long and he's got a good reach to him and i think that's something they're looking for. The small ball lineup for the the Rockets unfortunately is a small ball lineup. They are pretty small. It's everything you said is right. Any any team with competent bigs is going to make it too difficult for them, you know, what worked for them in the past and it worked when the Warriors went small or or long should i say. You know, they were able to match up with those guys cuz guys like Tucker were were able to hold that stuff up. So i think that's that's the the case there. So it would be interesting to see how it would go uh but I don't think it'd go as well as everybody would hope and I think they'd be looking to get Capella going right away back into that and that's part of the reason why Kelly despite constantly wavering has Capella 2nd in his rankings. I've never Sasha, wavered. I never wavered. What? Dude Sasha Sasha way in here Sasha. It was okay. either in the text chain or it was on the podcast. I but swear to god. Never, <laughs> he came back going like, "I think I need to rethink the these rankings here." He didn't you know, specifically
2: it, mention Capella, but he did say that he wanted to reorder his rankings. I was moving ranks. It,
0: so. it was direct, and it was directly in. It was line. right
2: after you talked about Capella.
0: So don't, so don't, so don't was, give me any waiver. We don't have, I have excellent. Transition, Steve. I was transitioning. So Kelly, listen don't, listen, don't lie to the fans. We've all heard you on the podcast. Don't lie to the fans. We know. We know who handled hey, this. We're, here here, here, okay. we're all learning.
2: We're all learning.
0: I love my guy. He's my homie. But when he tries to do this revisionist history thing, I'm going to call him out on it. I'm not going to allow this, Sasha. I won't stay. I won't stay <laughs> am yeah, Switzerland. This
2: Except on <laughs> Android issues of Android, I am Switzerland. Okay, so this last question is kind of a question, but it's mostly actually I was thinking about this, too, when you said it on the last podcast. But Andrew Sukup at a Sukup TX wants to know the details on the beef between PG-13 and Harden that you referred to in the last episode, because you were like PG is going to want to come in and like destroy uh, destroy them. But I mean, he didn't end up playing, but I'd, I'd like to know, too.
0: Before we get into that, I just want to take a quick victory lap. I told you, Kelly, he wasn't going to play against Houston and he would play against New Orleans. That's all. Answer the question.
1: Hey, it's not going to be too much more of that. (laughs) 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 I wouldn't call it a beef, per se, but I don't know. Every game he plays – okay, the way James Harden plays the game, it angers some players around the league, correct? Is that fair to say?
0: But if it angers a lot. There's a lot of players.
1: Paul George is the leader of that fan club. Whenever you look at his body language, like whenever Harden complains for a call or whenever, you know, Paul George gets a steal or a stop, they're always going back and forth with each other. I don't know what it is, but more often than not, Paul George has come up victorious. Like the Thunder have come back and won the game a couple times. And just talking to him after the game, like his post-game quotes, they're always – they got some kind of spice in, it. and I've seen that over like two, two and a half seasons. Like I don't know what. Maybe he just doesn't like step back threes, or or going to the free throw line, or or, or whatever. But he does not like James at all. It's one of the confusing, you know, quote unquote beefs
0: in the league to me. But who cares? <laughs> one, of the, <laughs> one of the many life mysteries that are that are plugging, uh Keeps me up the, at uh, night. Keeps you up at night, Kelly. Keeps you keeps you wondering. I think that's it for questions. Kelly, is there anything you want to add in the pod before we wrap this one up? Like and subscribe. I got
1: I posted an article this morning um just talking about the game last night and how the team has adopted this new mantra of building. You know, over the course of the season, you want to build on habits, you wanna you wanna improve on things Oh, But that starts with building. You have to you have to want to build those habits. You know, these are veteran guys. These are guys who have been through a season up and down 82 times. And for a team that was plagued defensively so much early on in the season, we're seeing in the in the in the five game winning streak, they are improving. They are improving communication and rotations. There were times last night where you know, when the Rockets would double Kawhi, he would double up to Zubas. The rotations weren't crisp. They were leaving a lot of guys wide open. Jamal Green was open a lot of times. Patrick Beverly, they just couldn't knock their shots down. They wanna they wanna build on those habits, just trying to be a good defensive team because ultimately that's what's gonna get you to a championship. You know, everyone knows what the Rockets' offense is at this point. They're gonna score. But the, the question is can they stop you from doing what you want to do? That's that's what that's what separates good teams from great ones. And and I think the Rockets understand
0: that now. And this is why they've adopted, you know, building. Yeah. And, and just touch on one thing before we go, like there are going to be mistakes defensively. No team, even the best defensive teams are going to screw up defensively. A guy's going to miss a rotation here and there. It's, it's about just not doing it all the time or consistently. It's not, it's building that bad habit, you know, where, where when they do screw it up, we're all kind of like, Oh wow, that, that doesn't happen too often. So it was, it was really good to see in this game last night. Like I, I was, I came away very impressed. Ali Bajani clowned me a little bit on Twitter when I when I made a uh, tweet about it, but uh, it it is what it is. is is still very impressive. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I'm looking forward to see how it plays out with the uh, w- with Gordon. And you know they got they got a tough schedule coming up. I know we got Kelly coming to L.A. here pretty soon. Oh uh, yeah. We might, we, oh we might yeah. Actually, might actually podcast in person. Um, oh, I'm we'll, I'm, in, I'm coming to the city. Oh boy. Um, is
1: it cold gonna,
0: over there? Is it cold? It's cold. Over there. I mean it's not as cold it's as, as cold. it is in Houston. It's not um, cold. Well, it's like it's it's LA cold. So Which like is like 60s. 70. 60s, easy, Sasha. It's like 60s. <laughs> easy, easy there. Gets cold at night, hits around the 50s. That's not cool. But that's it. Hey, I want to <laughs> It's literally
2: 30 in New York. <laughs>
0: you know whose problem that is new yorkers um i want (laughs) to i want to thank uh the fans for the questions we really appreciate all that please help us out like kelly was saying subscribe rate and review five stars write a nice review on itunes it really helps the podcast out uh we're working on trying to make this as fun as possible for you guys hopefully you're enjoying it and for kelly for sasha for me we out